Good morning, everybody. Well, is it afternoon yet? It's it's probably it's, afternoon, but it is a nice. No, it's not. We are. Oh my God, we're seven minutes early. Seven minutes this early. This is this is the the greatest show ever. We are actually not just on schedule. We are ahead of schedule. Um, so it is a nice, beautiful, crisp. Um, actually, I guess I go back and forth on a day like today. It's. I woke up this morning and I looked and I'm like, ah, I need a jacket because yeah. it's really cold outside. But I need to make sure I wear a t-shirt because it's going to get really warm. It's a sign that summer is ending. Fall is, I guess, technically fall is here, but I, I don't want to admit it yet. Yeah, it's going to be like 90 on Wednesday and it'll be we'll be sweating and in shorts. Do you know what it's a perfect day for, though? Beer. An anniversary party. Oh, that also. Sure. So... If anybody sure. didn't, I guess, probably read the title of the show that you're watching, listening, clicking on, whatever it is, um, we're at Streetside for your first anniversary. We are. Although, technically, yes. your grand opening was not for another, like, week or so, right? Yeah, technically. so last year, our soft opening was the 23rd of September. So last week was the first time we ever served a beer, a year ago last week, and then... Our grand grand opening was October eighth, but everyone's a GBF, <laughs> so it, it it would have been rough to do it next week because Luke and I would both be gone, and I, it's not that obviously is not optimal. Everyone's a little bit of the fun too. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, yeah. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves in celebrating this this year and talking about what that means and where you guys are going and all that fun stuff that we're gonna get. Um, there's one way we always start the show that is, again, the reason that we do this show, and that's... From the beer fridge. Ooh, that's loud. Yeah. We drink beer. We do. And you guys have um, really, like, thrown it out there and said, you know what, if we're going to tap a couple things, <laughs> we are going to tap a couple things for our first anniversary. Yes. So on the board right now, there's a couple really fun... Berliners, Gozas, yep. Midwest Fruit Tarts, whatever yep. they are. Yep. There's a couple really fantastic ones. Some returning favorites, a couple new ones. Um, I think I tried everything already since I've been here. Um, and everything's phenomenal. The uh, Oh Heck Yes um, Berliner with, I uh, can't read it from here, a bunch it's, of berries. Yeah, it's triple berry, uh, blackberry, blueberry, and raspberry. It was supposed to just be blackberry. But blackberry doesn't have a whole lot of flavor to it, so you gotta really add some well, add some stuff to so it. So for some, I had it after the uh, um, what is the, the second tap up there? Second the, one is glitter freeze, glitter the freeze. dragon fruit passion. That fruit. was the first one I had today, yep. and then I followed it up with yep. the oh heck yes. Yep. And there's something about the, that mouthfeel of that oh heck yes that that just nailed it's, it for me. It's very smoothie esque. Yeah, it's good. It's um, and then of course I'm drinking. Uh, um, the uh, I drink your milkshake. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's just a whole really great lineup right now. Yep. For anybody that is standing within three feet of the speaker, you can hear. <laughs> you can hear what's there's going a on. really great tap lineup right now. But <laughs> starting at noon, all hell's going to break loose. Yes. Well, all hell broke out broke loose a little bit with Demogorgon. Right. Um, outside, there's a whole bunch of really fun guest taps. There's um, some more beer from you guys, and yep. you guys just shot it out on. Twitter a little bit ago that today is also uh, the first release of your Barrel Age Sours. Yes, so we uh, filled those kegs last Friday, and uh, because it was so nice and warm, the kegs conditioned very quickly, so we are 
the, the kegs are ready. and Or the keg that we are currently doing is ready. Uh, it happened to be filled up to the top, so it pressurized much quicker <laughs> than everything else. Uh, so it's, it's ready to go. We're going to tap it at 2. Um, if anyone hears this before then right. or listening live, uh, you should definitely come out and get it because I'm not... It's definitely it's worth it. I've I've only sniffed at Snowfar because yes. because you, you brought me a nice little glass of it to yep. taste on from the beer fridge. Yes, I was gonna say we're about to drink. Let, it, let's so. do that first. Sure. So this is a wine barrel aged. Um, give me some more details because I don't have. So those. the background of this beer is uh, last November we were contacted by my uncle's brother. And we all we talked about trying to get barrels from him out at he's at his vineyard is uh, Vineyard Five Eleven, um, and we talked about trying to get some, but we were it was like out of the realm of possibility. He has we thought um, his his wine is extremely expensive, and we were like, no way he's going to give us his first use French oak uh, Pinot Noir barrels. Uh, and then he contacted us. He's like, I'll sell them to you for fifty bucks, which. He said, yeah, I normally sell them for about 1000 but you guys are family, so uh, <laughs> why you guys want them? And we said, yes, absolutely. And we had no – we weren't even going to start to do sours at that point. Right. We, we were kind of thinking generally about doing them soon, but not, not quite in November. Well, so what I find so interesting, and, and as always, it's probably getting a little head, bit ahead of, of where we should probably be, but um, – when I first sat down and talked to you guys at Rivertown, or no, yeah, was it River? No, Blank Slate. We met at, at Blank yes, Slate. We yes. sat down and uh, we had a beer and talked about what Street Side was going to be. Yep. Um, you guys mentioned, oh yeah, we're going to do IPAs. Mm-hmm. We've got we've got a, a Belgian pale ale we want to do. There was grapefruit hefeweizen. And I think you talked like there was <laughs> yeah. there was there was lots of different <laughs> things. And yet, I look at what you guys are today and and. It's, Sours are a huge part of who you are. It is. Uh, New England IPAs are a huge part of who you are. Yep. This big, giant Imperial Stout, I think, is going to become a huge part of who you guys are. Yep. And, and I think everybody's kind of getting a taste of that today. Mm-hmm. Um, how do... Well, it's, it's really exciting then, you know, to try to not get too ahead of ourselves. It's really exciting right. to see barrel-aged Sours year one first anniversary the first one rolling out it's something that i think a lot of people weren't talking about you guys doing and it's going to catch a lot of people off guard yeah especially how good this is it's so it's most of that influence is is luke um anybody who knew him from before knew he was the goza guy He, uh, he he brewed zesty at blank slate um he won many, many awards on the homebrew circuit with his sours. Uh, the sour influence is his. I obviously working at Rivertown, like I'd have, I'd had experience in the sour aspect. Oops. Um, but the that, I don't, I don't know if I can actually say out loud that what I've tasted so far of the sour is unlike anything that is being done. And I'm not going to say better or worse or anything right. like that, but this is this is phenomenal. It's very. It's very like West Coast sour inspired. Um, what does that mean? Uh, so very dry, right? Very high acidic acid content. Um, it's uh, 
I, my, one of my favorite breweries, actually probably my favorite brewery right now is Almanac. Um, I think it very, it's very Almanac-esque. Um, I won't say it's on par with them because it's they've been around forever, but or not forever, but they've been around and we just started. Uh, but yeah, they. I feel like this is very much like what you would get on the West Coast. Uh, a lot of wine barrel, a lot of tannin, that tart, citrusy. It's it's so it starts out with with a lot of that that wine barrel for mm-hmm. me, and you get that that tannic kind of dry kind of thing that the thing that makes you pucker up that isn't the tartness yep and then the tartness comes in and it hits yep. and this is yep. all like this really quick succession of flavors and yep. then it finishes nice and clean and easy and a little bit a little bit fruity and like yeah um but it's all just so fast and then it's then it leaves and you just need more <laughs> yeah it's i mean the it was in a, we're just i mean i'm blown away how it tastes it's really like i've it's it's rare that like I immediately try a beer that we make and I'm like okay we hit this like we hit the nail on the head this is what we want to do this is how we want to do it this is great like even even the turn time on it was great like everything as like generally as the business owner I'm psyched about because well, yeah, I mean yeah. it tastes great and the turn time was could you really could you fantastic. ask for a better day for it to finally yeah, get it <laughs> and it's tapping on the best day that we've had in forever. So, well, I mean, we we've talked to Urban Artifact a lot, and yeah. and it took them a very long time to get their barrel program kind of kicked it. Now that they have, they, right. it's it's off it's, the charts. But um, it took them a lot longer than I think they wanted it to to finally get some of those barrel aged sours rolling out. Um, so, to have this first one coming out in your first anniversary, it just it, yeah, it's it's fantastic. So yeah, it it and it. it we're we're very close on many other barrels as well, so we're doing. There's more coming, and the bottles are coming. We just need to make sure they're conditioned and right. have carbonation. Obviously, like what, no off flavors, no um, other bacterial infections that we can't that you can't foresee. Right. Um, so they're coming. Um, I don't. I won't. <laughs> I won't say what I won't say what's coming out next, uh, just because it's for an event. Um, I'll let the people that are running the event announce when it, what event it's for, and when it is, and all that. So, um, yeah. But it's just it. But it, it's you'll it's, see another one from. It's a on the books. Yes, it's, exactly. It's coming. It's, it's in the. It's actually in the conditioning tank right now. So it's fantastic. It's, it's ready to go. It's ready-ish to go. We still have to keg it, but yeah. Um, you'll see another sour from us here shortly, and then well, another and one shortly after that. We know you guys like fruit in your sours. We do, sure. Um, we know that you like uh, real fruit yep. instead of artificial. Yes. Um, I think we can assume that the sours are going to kind of start going that route a little bit, too, with some of the stuff in barrels. You're going to get some fruited sours and some... Yep. So the this... This blonde that we have on on tap right now, uh, we used three of the barrels that we had. We got six from my uncle-in-law, I guess. I don't know what that, what that <laughs> whatever, uncle-in-law. That's what I'm going to call him. Um, we got six from him in November, last November. Uh, and he, and so we used three of them. They were, we took the best three and we put them in bottles for the first bottle and, and kegs for the first keg. And we're going to take the other three and we're going to fruit them. We haven't decided. We think apricot. Uh, 
obviously Apricot played a big role in the opening of right. Streetside Brewery with Alms as that we had forever. Um, but yeah, w- obviously Apricot does very well in sours, and we think it, it that could really be a hit. Um, and we'll also see what happens next. We don't uh, we don't know. Maybe we'll we were thinking white raspberry. White raspberry. White raspberry, but it's not in season anymore. So we'll, right. that might be that might be a next year thing. You might see that for our two year anniversary. Um, that's kind of what what makes this whole thing, especially when you start talking about barrel aged beers and the sours. Yeah. It, it, like it's there's a little bit of it that's kind of on a whim and just Very let's much so. see what happens with this. Let's see what this tastes like. Let's let's just screw around and try things. And yep. that's you know it's it's very different than a you know a quote unquote core beer which i guess you guys don't really have core beers here do you no it's so like if you look at it though we've got three berliners three berliners and two gozas and right. the berliners and the gozas were the same base so it's it's one of those things where it's we're just doing it's berliners and gozas are or are 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 uh Staple beers are our flagships, right. and just the fruit that goes into them is what makes them different. It's not so much that we don't have a core beer; it's that the core beer is the base style, and then we expand out with the fruit. How far along into Streetside was it before you kind of started to figure that out? That this is was I, it just as soon as people started drinking raspberry beer? No, I literally <laughs> just thought of that as we spoke. That was that was literally just. <laughs> that thought occurred to me. I was like, oh, our, it's, our core is Berliners and Gozas, and the, the fruit is what changes the beer. <laughs> and I, I, that's, again, kind of, you know, you guys are, not to compare you guys to Urban Artifact, because you're very different breweries, but that's kind of the yes. way they do things, too. They have these base beers that they then just roll with, and then every once in a while, like, the um, the, the one-offs are right. almost the right. things that don't fit into that category, and it's... it's it, it's also kind of how we do IPAs as well. Um, we don't have a base IPA recipe. We'll vary, obviously, grain bill, right. what, what what grain we're using specifically, uh, like baseball-wise, whether it's Marisot or whether it's Pilsner, whether it's um, whatever, pale ale malt, right. anything. Uh, but the way we do it is always the same, which is like how you should be doing it, but it's... And the hops become the showcase sometimes right. with yes. IPAs. That's, so that's exactly how like it's... We basically brew the same beer every time. We might swap some things out. Like Das is good as a Pilsner. Um, Pilsner malt because we were... Uh, it's German Pilsner malt because that's what we were going for. We were trying to get our, our German heritage kind of thing going on with Oktoberfest season, but we didn't want to brew in Oktoberfest. So that was right. how we did it. We used all German malt, all German hops. And I how. surprisingly didn't get as much shit for putting that on the Oktoberfest list as I thought I was going to get. People kind of understood it. Yeah. And, kind of mean, and that's very much us, too. So, like, I, feel like, I feel like people were like, oh, well, on street side. Like, they, <laughs> they do things a little differently sometimes, and that's... And, I mean, whatever. If, maybe someday we'll brew an Oktoberfest, but not... They need to sell first, right? Right. So once the once the market starts, once you guys start drinking more Oktoberfest, we will start brewing it. Um, what about pumpkin beer? Are you guys ever gonna do pumpkin beer? Maybe a fifteen gallon batch. <laughs> so I I, I, it, I understand the um, the need for a lot of breweries in Cincinnati to say we're not gonna brew this because it doesn't sell the way. Right. 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 But after looking at it this year, it's almost like well. 
nobody did it. Yeah. So now there aren't. <laughs> yeah, they became. It, it went from being overrated to underrated in it's a like, season. It's yeah. like everybody needs to get together in a room and be like, "Hey, here's what we're thinking yeah. for this seasonal because it didn't sell last year." And yep. so, like, all right, you do it, and we'll all just not. Do it. Right. It's. So we do a bartender series, and one of the one of the bartenders she would like to do like a a pumpkin cheesecake beer, and we'll figure out how to do that. But it's also like starting to get out of season now. Where we're right, we got it's brew not, it. It's not even in season yet. Say, we got <laughs> yeah, that's true. We got brew it here in the next like week or two, and hopefully that our I think our our seasonal will be our stouts. One of one of my. Um one of my go-to breweries in the city because of how close they are to where I live is Dogberry up in Westchester. Mm-hmm. And they're very anti-pumpkin at Dogberry. And um, I keep threatening that one of these days I'm going to show up in their tap room with a hollowed-out pumpkin with a tap stuck yeah. in the side. I'm Steve Shaw did that one fill time. it and Way just sit when. there. And, yep. um, well, Paradise, Jeff Graff, does a... Uh, it's called Angry Jack, and it's his pumpkin beer that he ferments inside a big, yeah. giant pumpkin. And yep. He seals the top up and sticks a bubbler right in the top and just there sits at the it's a that's a pumpkin beer. <laughs> Doesn't get any more pumpkin. Beer. Let's um let's go to another beer here. Yes. We have two more. Yes, we do. Um shoot. I Okay. I lined it all. Did you line it? I know which one okay. is which for me. So we should be able to smell them and know which one's which, maybe. I would think. I'm smelling things. <laughs> for everyone who's ne- who cannot see me. Just smell very loudly okay, in the microphone. So the next one we're going to, I think I knew that. I don't know why. I pretended to not know. But uh, the next one we're doing is Demogorgon, which is the bottle that we just released today. Um, Imperial Stout, aged in bourbon barrels. Uh, you're not invited. He doesn't... Are you... Luke Shropshire is sitting down right now, and he's going to maybe put on the headphones and maybe be on, but... Are we live right his now? Mic's he's, down. His on. mic's not on. You just leave it off. Alright, try it now. Such a bull. Right, are we live right now, bro? Uh, I mean, we're... Yeah, I'm alive, but we're not live. Uh, we're recording. Hi. What's I up? mean, we're live. This this speaker points that way, so maybe this lady right here can hear us, but I don't know. Okay, there you go. Alright, let's do this, guys. Perfect, perfect. Start right. it. Start up the song. <laughs> Shower hour. Sour hour. You're not on the right show, bro. Yeah, wrong show. Okay. That, that table's out back. Yeah. <laughs> they traveled to see us. <laughs> um, they didn't even travel for Ryan, guys. They did a phone call. Did they? It what wasn't is, Sour Hour, but is, it was Brewing We're Network. tasting Demogorgon Brewing, live on air. I don't even know which. And you're really ruining it. <laughs> we had a nice flow, and you messed it up. Are we live? Yes, dude. We're recording. We're not actually li- oh we're not, we're not broadcasting right. live. Continue on. But we are in the show. So... This is terrible radio. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> Since you brewcast, this is what we do. <laughs> We're always making it up as we go along. Oh, yeah. All right. Taste so it. Demogorgon, we, uh, December, um, when were we here last? Or yes. not last, it was two shows ago. Um, 1228. Oh, yeah. yes, it was 2016. Yep. And we got a little sample of what we knew then as barrel-aged Where's Barb. Yep. Because that's what it was. Which with, is what this is. Without the cherries. Without the, yes, cherries, without the cherries. For anybody who has been reading things and not knowing what's what. Um, tell us a little bit about this beer. I mean, we, we probably talked about this beer when we did that, but you know, yeah. for anybody who is just so, becoming a fan of the show. I mean, honestly, not much happened between uh, the last show and when we bottled this. We just kind of sat in barrels and matured and... 
turned into a, a very, very, very nice Imperial Stout. Uh, I mean, the background, if anyone wants to know, uh, it's a fun one. It's uh, This is actually a, a beer I made for Garrett yeah, for his birthday. Um, it was an uh, old homebrew recipe that I took, part Michigan cherries from the local store. And uh, from there, it evolved into what's now our first barrel-aged beer. Um, obviously, as we already said, the cherries were not added into this, so there's no adjuncts. It's just straight, um, straight uh, based out Asian in the Heaven Hill barrels. Um, after about six months, trying every two to three, uh, Garrett and I uh, made the final decision that um, there's going to be pretty much probably no more nuances that we can extract from the oak um, and or any alcohol uh, from the bourbon flavor contrast. Uh, so we That just, whole idea is fascinating to me of how you can make that decision and try to like, yeah. just, like it's not, not that it's not improving, but it's not, it's not changing to those degrees that it makes sense to leave it in a barrel. That it, it, it blows my mind like that. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's different. Um, right now, uh, we've been uh, focusing heavier on uh, our sours. And when it comes to the sours, obviously we'll try them. You know, we'll go through them. Initially, after three months, we'll try the beer and we'll see, you know, how it's tasting. If it needs a lot more time to rest in the barrel before we try again, and/or if it's tasting really good. And if we're like, this is fantastic, you know, it comes down to when it hits stable gravity for what we do is two months. Um, that way we know it's not going to re-ferment in the bottle with um, extra sugars from the barrel versus the sugar that we're adding to it for the bottle conditioning. With the barrel-aged stout, it really just comes down to when does it taste good and when do we want to bottle it. And that's right. that's uh, that's why with the uh, the blog post that I wrote for our two-year coming up, um, everything really revolved around how this first release went flavor-wise, sale-wise, but also for our sours to distinguish or to figure out if we want to go even further into the barrel aging process. And after seeing how the Demogorgons come out, Garrett and I have just been test batching different types of salads. You know, we got four different bases that we're really confident with, a couple different barley wines that we're really confident with. And, you know, being that the way that we do our sours with blending, we want to do almost the same sense with our stouts, where we have a lot of complexity versus just one beer that's aged in, say, maybe four different bourbon barrels, Jim Beam, right. you know, Jack Daniels, Heaven Hill, etc. We want to do, like, yeah. Even different stouts, almost, that could exactly. go together. And we want to hit different flavor tech, uh, different flavors that kind of layer. You know, we want to have it more like a, like a chocolate cake, where there's different layers right. to the whole cake. We want to make sure that everything is kind of revolving and evolves in time. So it is not sacrilegious that I dumped um, some of the uh, nitro coffee in my Demogorgon earlier. That's okay here. <laughs> we are all about blending. Um, um, for the record, it's amazing. It Garrett comes like from a bar where blending was very heavy. Lucky yeah, Turtle. Shout, out, shout out Lucky Turtle. Yeah. They, uh, Frank was here earlier. I'm sure he blended up like crazy with all the different <laughs> stuff. He left before I could say goodbye. But if Frank, Frank is listening... I don't think Frank Thanks for saying bye. I pro- probably not. Maybe if I tell him that he got a shout out. I don't think he's allowed to listen to the show. He's too close to Tom. <laughs> I, think, I think he's got rules. He signs Maybe. a contract. That he's not allowed to listen it. to the yeah, show. Um, what else? What, what? There's a whole show there. We yeah, could just. Uh, 
We're talking about what are we talking about? We're talking about <laughs> the, barrel the, aging? the the idea of blending barrels and and creating these these layers and different kind of things from yeah, so lots of different recipes. Just to like and lots of different barrels. Just to speak more on that one, one of the one of our goals is to get to the point almost like where Jackie O's is, where they can take seven different barrels and make a big old couve and uh, <laughs> And, uh, so I, I I did a show out at Jackie O's this yeah. summer. I, I, we do one every year out in Athens, and this year we were at Jackie O's. And I probably spent an hour and a half back in that barrel room with Brad Clark. Yeah. And it is the most fascinating just to just to talk to him and hear him talk about his ideas and how right. he and he's pulling pins on them. This and oh, that. yeah. You know, it's, it, man, it, it, I mean, that what is, they're doing out there is, is some neat stuff. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's where we hope to be eventually, where we can, we can layer, we can have... You are four. hoping to be Jackie O's, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yes. Write that quote PCO down. Uh, but no. No, we're, yeah, we're, right now we have eight... You are the Jackie O's of Columbia Tusculum. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're at, what, eight bourbon barrels? Eight bourbon. We're really not, fo- we were not focused on it, but we need, we know now, after seeing Demogorgon, that we need to get back into... Right. We need to get back into it. And we really need to like focus on it and take some time and 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 commit. How do you split that focus between yeah. you know like like we talked about earlier? How many sours are up there on that board and how well those have gone over? Oh, it's super easy. Sp- <laughs> <laughs> and I I don't imagine that you know big barrel aged stouts are as popular in the summertime. No, and I. I think that sours probably kind of translate all year round, and so I, I feel like it's probably a very easy road to go down to that just to let something like Demogorgon slide yeah. and 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 put out it for a sure whole bunch is. of it's quick sours that that's, this is rum barrel. Um, so yes, it is very much. I think easy. that one he just tried to take was too, but it was mine. Yeah, so <laughs> it's very much an easier process for us to say, "Hey, let's brew." Let's brew a bunch of sours because the base beer is a translatable beer to something that can be drank all year round. Not that like every single one, but like when, so we have, we just did, we just racked out of a a Berliner barrel, a barrel aged Berliner, uh, and then racked back in with a Goza. Obviously like that, that works really easily. That's a Goza going into a Berliner barrel, and we're going to brew those anyway, so why not? In disclaimer, right. those are not kettle soured. Those are unpasteurized, yeah, so. soured in the barrel, so no yeah. one thinks that we're trying so to before cheat. Before anybody yeah. starts yeah, exactly. so talking we're, shit. We, yeah. we, we definitely acknowledge we do kettle sours in the meantime as the gap between our barrel-aged sours, but everything that goes in the barrels is unpasteurized, soured. So... Yeah. so. That that translates that tra- like you said translates year round. If we're going to do a big ass ten percent stout in the middle of July, it really probably needs to mostly go into barrels because who wants to drink ten percent imperial stout on a ninety five percent humidity day in Cincinnati? You in wait the till the July. sun goes down, right? And exactly, and, back and, and hope to God that it gets a little bit cooler and we turn on the air conditioning. <laughs> But that's, I mean, that's that's one of those things where, like, that's why, not why, but that's why it is why sours are easier for us to really, like, focus on and, and 
because that that base beer is easy. Well, I, not I, easy, but it's easier to sell. I almost and I almost feel like that's created like. I'm not going to say that there aren't lots of fantastic dark beers being made frequently in Cincinnati, but it's not the way a lot of the dark beer fans, you know, like I'm a cherry much dark beer fan. That's it's not the way you want to see. Like if it is the middle of July and I've got one of those nights where I know we're camping and I'm going to be sitting around a fire all night, I'm going to want something dark to sit there and sip at. Yep. It's really hard to find something on a shelf or on tap somewhere that fits that criteria for me in the middle of July, you know, it's, it, 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 it's easy for breweries to kind of just push it aside and say, oh yeah, we'll, we'll do that in the winter. And it's, we'll... it's very much like an interesting phil- philosophical, like philosophical beer discussion. Like how are you going, like how do you want to brew during the summer? Right. And then when you live in Cincinnati where it's God awful hot much of the year, like do you want to brew a stout, right. a 10% stout? Like, we did a barley wine in June, and we kegged it up, and it's just sitting in kegs right now waiting for the right time because it's not really – it's, when it's get, huge. Well, and to follow up on that, uh, people understand how difficult it is to hit these high gravities uh, in stainless. So um, I'm very proud that Garrett and I were able to hit 13% in stainless before we went into barrels, but, like – it was continuous monitoring of feeding and right. whatnot, et cetera. And it, it's not easy. Like, hitting 10%, okay. But when you go in 10 to 12 and everyone's like, oh, sweet, like, the liquor laws are now allowing, you know, 21%. It's like, yeah, it's not that It's not that simple. Like, yeast can't survive past basically 9 to 10% unless you have some super strain, you know, from, like, Stone Brewery where they have a QAQC lab right. on it all the time. It's, just, it's, it's frustrating. It ties up your tank for a month, and it's just like, you know, that's another reason why we'll go to the sour side. You know, we know the attenuation is going to be almost 100%, so we can do a 1040, 1050 beer, and at that point, it will probably finish off 5 to 6 to 7% max, but we know that we can hit it in stainless first, and then rack out into the barrels and finish up the fermentation process. And it's just a lot simpler for us. The only issue is, is when we're at 26 barrels, about to be 36 here in the next month or so, it's continuously moderating. And, you know, when we have a lot of things going on, especially like this one-year anniversary, we had all these kettle sours that we did, all this fruiting, you know, the canner leaves the week before. And we're like... And I'm like to Garrett, I'm like, dude, we really need to try these barrels. And we really need to try these barrels. And, like, every, something comes up. And we have to keg off two batches. And we have, right. you know, 40 kegs that have to be done. So it's like we put to a side. But, like, that's something that we don't want to do. So it's really being able to balance our time and everything. It's, it, it, it's, it's a whole side of things that we don't think about when we walk up to a bar and just look at that tap list. So right. if you don't think about all of that, you know, the, the planning and the... Um, the, the way you have to direct your attention almost to different things and how you how you split that time between stuff like it's 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 really interesting I think to me and I hope everybody yeah. else too. So um, should we move need on to, to thick? Y- yeah, yeah, we're, we're really, 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 the, really we're gonna eat up like three dragon. quarters of the show with, from the beer fridge. That's okay though. It's, My bad, I guess. No, yeah, the beer's it's good. Luke's he, Luke comes and sits down and just takes all of your beers. Have you? Are you watching this? No, I don't. Like, <laughs> it's life. It's hilarious. By the way. It's, my, it's part of my life. All right. So barrel-aged thick. This is different side of barrel-aging. Rum barrels, right? Yeah. So this, uh, the background on this one is... We got the barrels from Second Sight Spirits. Yep. Down in Ludlow. Um, this was, this entire batch went into uh, 
Winnie the Barrels. This is the oh. thick, the thick batch went all in the yeah. barrels. Yeah. Yes, the thick batch went all in the barrels. We had a little bit left over. Uh, I'm getting kind of non-verbally chastised for not having my microphone close. No, I think it was my fault. I think it was sliding down over time. It's but good. the uh, yes, yeah, so we everything went into bourbon barrels, and we had a little bit left over that we end up kegging. And we contacted Second Sight both at the same time. Uh, non, we didn't talk to each other before we sent emails. So Second Sight got two emails <laughs> within like a couple hours of each other when we after we kegged off, and uh, they were probably thought we were pretty dumb. <laughs> I, I have not confirmed that, but uh, yeah, we got two. We got two 10-gallon rum barrels, so we uh, we filled one to 10 gallons, and then we had like an, about 30 pounds of product, so that's uh, about four and a half gallons of secondary product, so uh, we all blend that together. Um, so we have uh, a whole half barrel that we're waiting to save, and then the other uh, four gallons we have on uh, on tap right now. Um, I do want to throw I in it real fast. I don't know if it's on tap right now, is it? It is. It is. Oh, okay. It is. It, it, it tapped it. It tapped at noon. So if you're watching along, yeah. If you can, if you're one of the people in the tables within three feet, yeah. and you can hear me. Go get it. Go get it right now. Yeah, uh, I want some. I did want to throw out just real fast. Uh, with thick, we actually have three barrel selections with it, so we're planning a, a pretty cool release with it. Oh yeah, we not, have yeah. thick party. We, we have two Heaven Hill barrels, yep. uh, one barrel that was Four Roses, then went to Sweet Mead barrel, yep. and now has the oh beer in God. it. Yeah, it started refermenting in the barrel. It was pretty badass. So are you guys going to do some kind of release with them all together? Yeah. So what, yeah. So I, what? Garrett can say. I'm yeah. I'm good. Whatever. Well, we're, we'll just talk about it now. Um, <laughs> it's. We're gonna bottle it all up, and the way we're gonna we're gonna have three different labels. One's gonna be the rum barrel. One's gonna be the bourbon barrel. Obviously, the most because there's two barrels of it, and then one's gonna be the sweet mead. And we're gonna wax all of them differently, and then they'll be distinguished by wax and label. Uh, it's gonna be an enormous pain in the ass. Really excited about it. You can tell by my voice. Well, and I I think that like. There's a whole untapped kind of side of this this barrel aging thing of getting people to appreciate those differences. Yeah, once it hits a barrel, uh, it's, I agree. If I if I try a beer this year that's in some kind of bourbon barrel, and then I try that beer next year that's in a different barrel, like yeah, I can I can appreciate the differences. But you put them right next to each other, and I'm trying them next to each other. It, you can really tell the difference between what a rum barrel is and what a meat barrel is, what a bourbon barrel is, what a tequila barrel is, what all well, that stuff. Mm. I still want somebody to do different bourbon barrels next to each other. Because don't especially worry, happen. when you get to some of those bigger distilleries and, and, and the way they handle their barrels versus some of these, like especially some of the local guys where they're dumping them really fresh and right. not leaving a gallon of bourbon in the barrel. Because that's, I think, illegal to do. They don't do that. Right. Um, you know, it, there's there's not a lot of difference from barrel to barrel because right. there's so much booziness to it. But To an extent. So yeah. not naming the distillery, but we do have some beers downstairs that are in 10-year-old casks. And there is definitely a difference in maturity. Um, obviously, um, no, I'm not a big bourbon drink. Actually, I don't drink bourbon at all. So it's actually kind of inhibits me on my bourbon barreling practices um but there is a bigger depth of caramel that i'm getting um the oak is a little bit more subsided because of all the um the uh, uh 
the oak uh, sucking in, whatever it is. The saturation of the that's, oak. That's a perfect way to put it. <laughs> yeah, the saturation of the oak is a lot different than, say, a Heaven Hill barrel, which is a young bourbon. Right. You know, four years done. That's it. Unless you happen to get a really, like, rare 15, 20, 35-year-old Heaven Hill barrel. Well, right. But, but from barrel to barrel, even a barrel that's supposed to have sat right next to another one its entire life, like, there is, like, this this difference from what it tastes like. My One of my favorite whiskeys to buy, um, I, I like the single barrel Jack Daniels, because everybody knows what Jack Daniels tastes right. like. But you get the single barrel, and you can get different years of it and different barrels and you can it, it, it it's there's a difference to it so even from here, such a predictable flavor so even here we'll notice a difference when we move around the bourbon barrels by height and pressure on right. the barrels like if you if we if we really want to extract a lot of bourbon barrel flavor put it on the bottom during the hottest months now we've only had one year so like this is fairly anecdotal with very small sample size but like we are noticing that the higher up, the hotter it is, the it'll, you'll get a lot of burn, but you'll also get a, you'll also notice a difference. But it's really the highest and lowest barrels. So we stack five high. So the highest you're noticing some, you're the lowest you're noticing some. It's a different. It's just you've got a lot of weight on the bottom and you've got a lot of heat on the top. So right. that's and we and in our brewery we keep the doors open. They're very close to the garage door. So they're, and they're getting hit with sun a lot, so there's a lot of expansion and contraction, and that definitely makes a difference in the extraction of whiskey bourbon from those barrels. Does it does it give you all kinds of fun ideas? Like if you had everything to, to if you could go back to in planning for what this place looks like and how it all works and everything, like fun ideas you could do to to capitalize on that a little I mean, more the, and make it easier. The, and <laughs> the only thing I wish we had done was make the tap room. Two feet higher, had <laughs> stairs up so we could drive a forklift underneath the taproom floor. That would be my biggest thing. But other than that, I mean, yeah, there's some stuff. It's a lot of it is like, we'll get there. A lot of it is like, if we would actually store things properly, like glassware not on the floor and put it in shelves, um, we might be able to have a few more burn pills, which we're going to get to because, mm-hmm. like, at some point, we're gonna have to put in shelving so we can get our bottle, our sour bottles, and our and our bombers off the floor, so we can put more bourbon barrels in. So we'll see how that, how those experiments with height and weight work and, here and, shortly. And to follow with Garrett saying, um, it really comes down, like he was saying, with temperature. Uh, I feel like winter time is the best time to add the barrels. Uh, that's where you're gonna have the most contraction. You're gonna get all that oak, and then during the summertime, you're gonna get more of the bourbon. Uh, the extraction for the heat, but to be honest with you, to answer your question, Gnarly, um, really telling the difference between barrels, I can do it the best when it comes to our sours. We're looking towards American oak, French oak. When you have French oak, it's more porous, so you're actually uh, getting a lot more oxygen in there. And with the American oak, it's going to be a tighter grain, so therefore you'll get less. So I actually have been able to go through and taste barrels and be like, okay, you know, this one has a little bit more acid to it. That's probably because of the ingress of oxygen French barrel. Chase an American oak barrel, I'm like, all right, this is a little more subtle acid, more Britannomyces. You know, the acid's not inhibiting the growth of the breath, so therefore it can funk out more. I'm like, all right, American oak. 
you know, you get Hungarian oak, and you're like, all right, well, it's the best of both worlds, but, like, I didn't know there was such a thing as Hungarian. I mean, I, I, Hungarian. I knew there was Hungarian oak. Oh, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of different oaks out there. But, um, <laughs> I mean, def- definitely to tell the differences between barrels, it's really more on the sour side, I feel like, because of the oxygen intake. Such a fun idea, though, to be able to kind of you can, you yeah. start. Uh, craft beer is craft beer, and it's developing very nicely. But there's there's these really fun places you can go when you get on the, the geeky side of it and and. and I think barrels are just just right, especially here in Cincinnati. It's right there, oh, yeah. a place where you can get some fun stuff out there about them. And, oh, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Let's um, say, should we move on? Yeah, we I should take like, a we should take yeah, a quick break. We didn't even break. talk about the taste of. We get we didn't even talk about fit. Uh, well, it's, I mean, we talk, we started talking about it. It got us sidetracked. It's hey, Luke. Do you want to give the tasting notes on rum barrel aged thick? I would gladly do it. Just so two, what, two sentences. What, what what I get while he's. Drinking your beer again. It's fine. Um, He didn't even know this was happening, so that's Demogorgon. So it's just a lot of of caramelized sugar. Uh, Just kind of think uh, cane sugar. A lot of uh, melanoidin reaction kind of uh, cane sugar going on. Then on the palate, um, hence the name Thick. It's going to be almost like a milkshake, kind of like the really, really um, full mouth feel. The heat's pretty light. Uh, the tannin extraction is very low due to the small amount of time it was in the barrel. We were mostly just going for the nuances of the oak, slight amount of rum, not trying to get a whole oxidation purpose going on. So oxidation is low, so there's not a lot of sherry qualities going on. Um, overall, it's a really smooth, balanced. Uh, that is not beer. two sentences. There was commas. I think it might have been. And oh. paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> what what I with rum barrels sometimes you get like a. Uh, not a funkiness like there's some kind of like a there's a a, a rum sweetness we see that thing that goes on <laughs> i don't get that in here though it's so i get it's very like candy-esque um i don't think i think those 10 barrel the 10 barrel uh or 10 the, gallon the 10 barrels gallon thank you um i think definitely have they have their uses. I wish I had a 53-gallon rum barrel that I could have that we could have aged it in because it's. I think we could have gotten a lot more from it. It's. I, well, I, it, I think it's a very good beer. I think it's it's it has it's. I think it's going to continue to mature. I think it, a 53 for us and for most breweries, a 53-gallon is always going to be preferable because they're so. There's just so much more of ability to evolve within a 53-gallon. What I like about this, though, is that you could put this beer in front of me and say, hey, taste this, and I can taste it, and there's there's all kinds of really fun flavors. I wouldn't identify that it was a rum barrel. Right. But then as soon as you mention rum, I, there it, it might, is. Like, yeah, all for sure. Like, oh, my God, yes, that's that's what that is. That's what... And it, that's what I like about yeah. it. It's not in your face. It's not... It's There's, there's some subtle... Yeah rummy kind of sweet flavors yes, going on I, that I, I love it lots of sweetness i would agree with that all right let's let's take a quick break sure since from the beer fridge uh, all took over the show <laughs> okay <laughs> we'll good. be right back um mike stokes sorry we didn't run your commercial earlier we love you since he uh, brewcast the voice of cincy craft we'll be back um i look at i look at the bud light drinkers out there as a you know a they're all out there, and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. 
You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, Yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap. But I, <laughs> I went back to my bud like, you don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Brinkcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, 8 Ball, Braxton, and more. At just 5 bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend. Made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across southwest Ohio and northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on TripAdvisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Municipal Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. I could have timed that any better. I had to wait in line for the bathroom. Story of the life of a beer blogger. So we're back. Since he broadcast, we are um, recording live. I guess we're technically live since anybody who's sitting within earshot um, can probably hear the speaker. But we are we're live at Streetside for their first anniversary. Um, I. First and foremost, I have to thank everybody here for making the show happen, and um, every show that we've done here has been fantastic so far, and you guys are great to do shows with. 
Uh, well, it's also it's it's been uh, we've been very lucky with the crowds. I don't the the one that we did in December. Yes, was the most random crowded. It was like a Wednesday <laughs> night, and it was fucking packed. And so, it was so weird. If anybody doesn't listen to the show regularly, first and foremost, you you need to listen to the show regularly. But we also did yeah, a show um, at the first Sub Raw release yes. where I set up a table in the line. In the line, yeah. Was, <laughs> which, yeah and we, I don't think anybody's ever done that for a podcast before where they set up a podcast in the line. It was literally in the, like, in the middle of the line. So much fun. That's how we held the spot. <laughs> I didn't even hold the spot because the line started moving yeah, while true. I was still set. <laughs> while I was still breaking true. stuff. I ended up at the oh, end of the line, but yeah. it worked out. We had we had plenty of cases. Um, Subra, which is back in cans right now, it for is. anybody that um, hasn't been paying attention. Again, if you don't listen to the podcast and read the blog on a regular basis, you've got other issues. But um, it's it's back out in cans. It's in cans right now. I saw people shotgunning it on the patio earlier. Oh my god! Was, did you? Yeah, it was real exciting. Um, okay. I'm cool. a little so cool, 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 cool. Uh, I'm probably gonna. Uh, so I don't need to know your opinion about this unless you want to share your opinion. But it bothered me. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm in the beer groups and I see the chug videos and the shotgun videos, and it doesn't bother me there. But this morning when I was sitting at the bar in the tap room and it's a beautiful day and there's a couple kids around and stuff, and I saw a group of people standing on the patio shotgunning a beer. For the first time ever, it bothered me. It changed my experience in this little area right here. I I don't care if you do it, but it did kind of... It sat weird with me, so... That was a first for me. <laughs> it, like, I, it, again, you don't have to share your opinion oh. in one way or another, but it was, it was odd. Uh, I'm of the opinion that if you're willing to buy my product you're right. you are you are free to do with it as you please it's not my business ha- to say how you drink it i agree with i that. would <laughs> i would would absolutely prefer you guys not to shotgun on the patio but <laughs> it's you, also I mean, it's also guys, a special occasion yeah and I, I mean, I, whatever, yeah whatever i guess if you guys are celebrating then that's that's cool too i don't uh, whatever it is what it is like <laughs> We've all shotgun a beer too. I get yeah, it. Yeah, I mean we. Sh- I mean, I'm not the best example. I literally the first time we we can sub out, I we shotgunned it right. right afterwards. So right. like, uh, I'm probably not the best. I'm probably not the moral but high ground of but it. That's, but that's yeah. but that's what's so weird to me is it's not like a, a moral thing that I think people shouldn't be able to drink beer the way they are. But there was there was definitely something when I turned around and saw it that it just all of a sudden the feeling changed for for what it was that's it's it's that's again a whole topic that this show is definitely not about um so one year one year if you look back first off can you believe it's been a one year oh sometimes i don't know sometimes it feels like it's been 20 (laughs) years and sometimes it feels like it's been like a month but it's I don't know. It's been a crazy. It's been a crazy year, and it's been busy, and it's been all sorts of stuff, and there's been ups and downs. And I mean, it's. I don't know. It's just like anything else in life. It's. It's been great, and I've been super excited about a lot of stuff. And I've been not so excited about other things. Um, well, I that's 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 kind of where I want to go. Like, what has surprised you? What is? What are those things that? You're like, oh my god! I didn't think that this would be what it was. That in a, in a good way. 
Um, I, I mean, just where we're at, and Luke says it a lot when he's talking to people, but like where we're at as a brewery is not where I expect it to be. Honestly, I your beer shouldn't be as good as it is. I, thank you. <laughs> you know, you you talk to people and they you get a lot of complaints when brewers first open. And, oh, right. this this was off. Right. And this was off. Right. And everybody tells them, "Well, give them six months." Right. Exactly. Them, you know, you, yeah. And you guys just from right off the bat, the beer was right where it needed to be. Right. Well, and a lot of that, a lot of that is due to a lot of that is due to Luke's talent as a brewer, um, especially lately. As of, I mean. And how amazing he looks when he's brewing. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever watched from up here oh, when he's like, he gets that sweat going. It's yeah, like he's four. very sweaty. He's very sweaty. It looks like he's working very hard. I'm a, I'm a married man, but dear God. Uh, but he, since about April, he has really taken over most of the brewing duties because it's being the owner of the company. There's a lot of stuff that I have to do that isn't right. brewing related, and and we didn't have... We had a sales rep, and we didn't, whatever, but, like... Uh, Did you guys hire a new sales rep? Yes. He's here right now somewhere. He's probably outside. Uh, but, yeah. He's probably uh, selling. He's probably... He's <laughs> selling his ass off. Uh, but uh, Luke has taken over the vast majority of the brewing side, and he's doing a lot of the picking of the barrels, aging, right. whatever. Um, there's still things that, like... I'm big on I'm big on diversity. I'm sorry, I'm I'm shaking my leg because I've had no, a lot of caffeine, fine. so I, I'm gonna get it off the table now. Um, you're, you're drinking more. Too. I'm big on diversity in the in the um, in the barrels, and as is he. But I'm I'm really into like looking up yeast strains and bacterial <laughs> strains. Nerd. And I know it's very very nerdy, but like I enjoy doing that because I think it's cool, and I think I I one of my favorite things is reading. Um, Bootleg Biology has some very cool stuff that I think that we're going to start to. That's one of the the companies that I'd like to buy from soon, and uh, and use in the barrel in the barrel room. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know what that is. I know anybody any brewer who's listening will know, and and they're home brewery, but like they're very very about um, wild yeast. Gotcha. Uh, they did a milk the funk. They took every drag. They did a bottle share, and then they took every drag and propped it up, <laughs> and they called it something funny or crazy. I don't remember, but like it was one of those things where well, I, I, I hate to keep drawing like you know comparisons to urban artifacts, but you know like there's there's a lot going on here in the mindset even that is very much like them, where it's yeah, it doesn't really make sense, but it's really fun, yeah. so we're just gonna go with and it. And that's I mean that's that's where we're where that's where we are. Um, we're ahead of where I thought we were, where we would be brewing-wise. We're ahead of where we would be, like, we're ahead of barrelage that we thought we would be. We we, we surpassed, this, the canning of Subra surpassed our barrel goal for this well, year. And again, I think the first time I sat down and talked to you guys, you said, oh, yeah, packaging, it'll be in the future. Definitely yeah. not in the first year. We, yeah. have, we have no yeah. ideas, you know. Like, and it, and it, I, it just, like... Things progressed a lot faster for us than we thought they would, and that's and it's happening. It happens every week where we're, we sit there and we're like, oh shit, like oh shit, oh gr-. like this is great, right? But like oh shit, still like we need, we have, like we need to try these barrels and these barrels are ready and we need to package them and we need to figure everything out because like it's it's all kind of like 
we're kind of like in an avalanche right now, and we're just trying to like swim to the side, <laughs> and we're hoping to God that we survive. But so, like, uh, you never know. And next year, Luke and I could be buried in the proverbial beer avalanche. That well, I've, the, I've talked to a lot of people about that of, of how much of what you do, how much of it is is guiding where this brewery goes in the next six months or the next year and how much of it is just holding on to it and trying not to let it get away it's like laying down track for a train that's like going very very fast but you're just like doing a track like a beam at a time it's it's a brilliant way to put it (laughs) and i think until we get to the point especially with how small like we are compared to like Luckily, you've got Luke who can just pick up the train and put right, it on his exactly. shoulders. And like, it, compared to like a Madry or a Ryan guys who have who have these core beers and who package them all the time. Like it, when when people are like, "Why don't you have a flagship?" I'm like, "Well, it's because we don't have to. We don't have to right if, now." If but if you did, like if you like tomorrow decided this beer is our flagship, it's always going to be on tap. We're going to have it in packaging on the shelf right. at every store that right. you want it to be. All of a sudden, you don't get barrel age thick you right. don't get yeah, yeah, these yeah. barrel age yeah. sours you know, like it, they don't exist because you, you can't because the two people that are brewing all the time and who are in charge of that are spending their time right. brewing tea bags I mean tea bags alpha super simple are the three beers that we try to keep on at all times but we don't I don't get like overly stressed when alpha comes off because I have four other IPAs on right. it's it's for me I would prefer to have that variety and be able to do cool stuff and like have beers that have four gozes or four kettle sours on that have just insane amounts of fruit in and we really had to like work hard and think about and really like source from other places than we're that we're than we're used to. Then like Alpha, we're on our last keg. Oh well. Like it's in the tank right now. It'll be it'll be out here soon. Like I'm sorry for all the fans of Alpha. Like I, I I appreciate that you love that beer. But do you get a lot of a lot of kickback about that? Like do you Every have people coming in that are mad that I wanted tea bags and I can't? Like do you have that tea bags? <laughs> tea so bags is the only <laughs> is the only one that when we do not have it on we get it's, people are like what the, what happened? It's also one of those beers that there isn't something else on tap that's exactly. like it's, it. It's and, a, it's I mean it's a blonde, so it's it's very much. Unless we have, unless we did a logger, like when we had our logger on our street side ice, aka Burt Macklin, it's uh, it's hard. It's if you're just a fan of very basic beer, it's very hard to find that on our menu because right. it's more than likely that we have four IPAs, four fruit beers, <laughs> right. and then maybe a brown ale and hopefully tea bags. So that's, I mean, that's and that's. It's it, that's how it is, you know. What I mean, it's so flipping the original question of what has gone better than you expected in the first year. What things have kind of caught you off guard that were kind of the other side of the coin hmm. for the first year? What what things about all have of not this, gone well? Not necessarily not gone well, but what things just do you look at and you're like, I did not see that this I mean the easiest one is right down the street from you your your closest neighbor of blank slate doesn't exist anymore right um I mean so much has gone right that like it's hard for me to say that anything has really truly gone wrong we had a really shitty July just in terms of like different things happening like that was 
a terrible month for us for whatever reason. Like July first started and sucked. Day July, what? How many days does July have? Thirty-one. I have to do the thing with the, okay. the I don't, hands. I don't you, know. Whatever. July thirtieth or, or July thirtieth or thirty-first. Whatever day ended from day one to day last day of July. <laughs> to really, day last. To day last. Really <laughs> super duper sucked. Um, and it, as soon as August hit, it, it, everything got back on track and everything was good. But man, it was. That was a bad month, um, space wise. Like we've, like space wise, it's been hard. Um, it's temperature it's all, control for barrels. It's, you know, with the space, you know, like I, I, I've heard some people, you know, say, "Oh, I, I like street side, but it's too busy." You know, and you hear that, right. but then right after them, the next person says, "I like street side because you walk in and it feels small and it feels right. cozy." And like there's. There's like this weird balance that you're always trying to For achieve. Sure. Uh, well, and I, I read an article, actually, I think it was like yesterday, that talks about how like smaller cozy tap rooms are, are the way to go and, or are the, are the future because these mega tap rooms, people will, there are going to be some people that expand to these mega tap rooms right. and then there's going to be some people that contract and keep it small and kind of do that type of thing. Well, it used to be that when, when I first started talking to a brewery, like, you know, either right before they opened or right after they opened, one of the questions I always asked was, how, how big is too big? How big right. do you want to be? Before you say, this is, this is it. We need, to, we need to keep this feeling. And there's almost like another question now with other breweries that becomes how small is too small? Like, right. you know, like how... Right. How do you like balance that? Like, there's almost like it's almost like everything in the United States. It's almost separating from this end and this end, right. and there's no yep. middle ground between the two. And one of the one of the things that I'm, if Cincinnati wants to be more like Portland, then Cincinnati needs to embrace the neighborhood brewery, and the small tap room is a part of that. Like, that's not right. there's, you're wearing a laboratory shirt. They do not have a large tap room. They're out in Portland for everyone who doesn't know Portland. Um, and that's what we always intended to be. Now, like, we've kind of expanded past that. Like, our distribution has got not – it's not huge by any means, but we're outside of – we're definitely outside of um, our tap room as, like, part of our – part of our focus is no longer – it's no longer 100% tap room. It's – 80% tap room, 20%. But you're still at that point. Where if, if I'm talking to somebody, somebody comes into town that, that I know that doesn't live here, and we're sitting down, and they say, oh, I need to try some Cincinnati beer. Sure. I've, I've heard about Mad Tree. Sure. I'm like, all right, well, let's let's run Jungle Gems. We'll fill right. a growler. Right. We'll grab a couple six-packs. I can get you Mad Tree. Yep. If somebody says, oh, I've heard about Street Side, the first instinct is, all right, well, let's go to you Street Side to yeah, because you go to it's going to yep. Be, yeah, it's for sure. be the way to do it. Like yeah. there's, there's, we don't have any established places that there's, there's, a there's nowhere I know I can yeah. grab yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, and that's which and is that's, a good thing and a bad and thing. That's probably, and honestly, that's probably always how it's going to be for us. Uh, that the tap room is where we send you, or well, where where we want you to be. That's like my focus. This is me. It's the intersection of craft beer and community, exactly. or is it community mm. and craft beer? Uh, I don't remember. It's the intersection of those it's, two things. Yeah. So the uh, it my focus for selling, and when I was the sales rep, I just did air quotes. Um, my focus was to go to places that 
would draw people back here. Right. I, it's what I, I I want to focus on. I want people to try our beer outside and then say, hey, I want to go to right. Streetside and check out what they have on tap because do you need help? That was our one of our bartenders. I thought <laughs> she might need help. Um, <laughs> we could take a commercial break there. But, um, yeah, my focus. My she focus did have one tear rolling down her did. cheek right yeah, now. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's, I'm sure she's not happy. Shout out to the bartenders. Uh, but, yeah, the... My focus for sales has always been go to get us into areas that can bring people back here. That's why you'll, I mean, if I see this as a focus, I'm good. You, I'll, I see this as a focus because I do it. Like, I see, like, our invoices coming in, but, like, I, like, I have told our sales rep to focus on Anderson and Milford and those areas because those people come here. And I like to focus on certain areas of, of downtown and certain areas certain areas around town. I like to bring them. I like to fo- have our guys focus there because I see those people in the tap room and I see that part of town as encompassing us. Yes. Which uh, Portland Kettleworks, who did your system, mm-hmm. is in the process. I think it's coming from portland here right now for little miami over in milford yes you know like filling those voids is almost where we're at now in cincinnati you know finding those neighborhoods that need something and 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 filling those but um kind of going on more on the negative track that we are on right now we'll we'll end it positive i promise but um down the street blank slate I feel like we have to talk about it in every show for the next six months because it, it has affected so many different people. But you guys, when you came here, yeah. when you opened here, yeah. you were the third brewery in this really close region. Yep. This time next year, you'll be the only one. Yeah, more than like, well, so, yeah, I they're, guess. they're moving to Madisonville. Yes, I know. Fat yeah. Tom's moving down to Madisonville. I don't know where. Sorry, guys. It's um, but in Madisonville. It's so, the uh, old the third building or something. It's it's oh, on the yes. whatever that corner is there. Yes. It's, it's right on the main drag in Madisonville. Yep, yep. But how does that affect, or does it affect the way you guys do things here? I mean, when you came in, did did you come to this location because you were close to other breweries, or was that just a happy coincidence? Uh, so. Go no, ahead. Go no, ahead. No, go, no, 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 no. I've got. I've got. No, we're going to get even more negative. So, so you go with that okay. answer, and then we'll um, then we'll get real dark. No, we did not move into. We didn't build this building because of its proximity to Bad Tom or Blank Slate. Uh, it was a hope of ours that this could turn into its own little brewery district in its own neighborhood. Um, that it's not going to happen is mildly disappointing, but you know what? Like everybody's got to do what's right for them. Right. And at the end of the day, like we're if they does it does it upset you that Bad no. Tom is leaving? No, 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 no. And, and honestly, does it, it upset you that Scott? I mean, that's a whole different. Yes, it's, a, that's, it's, it's a whole different thing. No, but that is a bummer. That is that is for, a, for very different reasons. Yes. Uh, but it's. It's disappointing in the in the sense that like as a as the people that own this business and work in this in in at Streetside are um, are leaders in this community. It's disappointing to see people leave and close their businesses in our community. But 
it is what it is. Like I, I, I can't, I cannot fault someone for doing what's right for them. If did if, did either one of you know, this is probably a horrible question, but did either one of those breweries come to you and say, "Hey, here's where we're at. Here's what's happening. We're leaving." No, I think no. Like I, I found out the same way everybody did with Bob Blank Slate, and yeah. then I think I read in an article um, about Bad, Bad Tom. Tom. Um, but like, I mean, like I said, like I can't fault anyone for doing right. doing what's right for them and doing what's right for their business. It's disappointing as like someone who's on the Threes Business Association board and is and my parents are active in the in the Columbia Tusculum. Um, community council that's disappointing but I, I see a lot of positive growth in the area um, there's a there's a development going up on the street behind or in front of the brewery um, there's plenty of stuff going on right. in this area that like I think is a positive growth and it's going to positively affect us and I think like if someone I don't know this is like maybe a brewery isn't right for this area but like any other business you could say Yes, that's that's it. I mean, it's very because of where I am and how I and where I am with the community and and where we all are with the community. I feel very differently than many people about right. it. Like as someone who owns their own business, I I I'm I'm not going to fault them for doing what's best for them. But like as someone who's like in the community and wants this neighborhood and the neighborhoods around it to succeed it is disappointing to see them leave but you gotta do what you gotta, you gotta do, do what you gotta you do, do, right? what you gotta do. And that's and that like my core my core <laughs> philosophy for any other brewery is you gotta do what you gotta do so so on the flip side of the coin um i was kind of scrolling through facebook the other day and mm-hmm. saw a I'm, I'm not gonna name anybody out of who said this but if you said it i'm repeating it because you said it um the quote was i'm sorry this was towards you guys i can't support them they were happy to squeeze every bit of knowledge from their friend down the street but not so much as a public message of thanks when blank slate closed no respect i did not see that (laughs) um and that's and that's why i i know after talking to everybody that's involved with you guys there was nothing but respect for Scott down the street. That is true. And do you think that people look at you guys as part of the reason that uh, that happened? Do you think people thought you were taking business away from... But I, I don't understand why. Sure. I'm sh- I'm 100% sure that people think you are, that... You guys we are, are shiny and new. Yeah, that we are the and there was a lot of there was a lot of people... I mean, ragging on shiny and new in Cincinnati, and they still are. So yeah, we keep. That wasn't the reason we didn't voice a message of whatever. It was because, honestly, like dudes in grief. Like yeah, yeah, he yeah, just I, he just closed his business. Like I, my message of support isn't going to make him feel any better about his business closing. So. Was I was that incorrect of me to not post something? Possibly. But um, the, the way I look at it, so when, especially if you're talking the day of or something, people putting something out there, it's it's a little weird. Like it's it's yeah. a little. Um, 
And honestly, and if like, your burrito did that, I'd, whatever you got to no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody, whatever. I don't. I have no. I have no issue with anybody posting anything. I didn't. We didn't post anything day of because no message from Streetside Brewery of support for Scott would have made a difference for how he felt. Um, and if someone wants to fault us for that, okay. Uh, they're, like they're, it is what it is. Like I'm sorry. I'm sorry we didn't do it, and I didn't feel I didn't feel that doing it a week later would be any better. I didn't ever feel that like a message from us would have would have done anything to lessen the shittiness of blank slate closing. And if somebody wants to follow us for that, it is what it is. And you know what? Like Luke and I learned from many many places, and yes, we went to many 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 different sources. It wasn't like we squeezed Scott like an orange to try to get everything out of him that we could. We asked him questions, and we appreciate everything he did for us. But we asked lots of people questions. Well, and he helped everybody. Yeah, and that was that was that was what made him so special to the brewing community is that he would help anybody. But and all the, of those people didn't say anything either. Like there's, yeah. it's 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 still like a fresh wound to yeah. a lot of people in the city. So yeah, I, and honestly, like, but uh, I I knew you probably didn't see that on Facebook. So no, I had, I didn't I see had it on to. Facebook, but yeah, the I I want people to know that a place like Streetside, like the you don't see them not saying something because they are happy that Scott closed. Right, <laughs> That's exactly. the absolute yeah. opposite yeah. end of the and truth. Of, it's of, not, it was never, I don't know, it's not good news for us. It's not good news for this neighborhood. We don't, like, when, when Blank Slate was open, when people asked us where they should go, we recommended and them and Bad Tom's Like Smith. we said and earlier, we the, always, the first time I sat down and talked to you and your family about what was happening here, it was at Blank Slate. Yeah. Because that was the neighborhood. We, I was gonna say, we. I mean, we supported him. Okay, so once we started the brewery, we weren't there quite as often because we were also here. Uh, but I mean, we we would go to Blank Slate once I, once every two weeks. I can't tell you how often I sat at the bar and was just having a beer, and the bartender would be talking to another person next to me who was asking about the local beer scene, and they sent them down the street to Scott. It was right. the first thing out of yeah. everybody's mouth. So. I mean, that's and that's that was our that was what we wanted to do. Like, if if you don't now, we share lots of other places, and we if somebody asks me where to go, I will tell them. There's plenty of places close. There's Madtree. There's Woodburn. There's Bad Tom. Those are all very those are all very close. Um, to to the brewery, those are places that we will that we will recommend. So, and there's bars that we'll, we recommend around here. It's not just we try to recommend local businesses because that's where right. we that's who we want to support. We just start spiraling out from here, and you'll you'll land somewhere yes, good. Exactly. Um, should we get happier? Yeah. Let's talk about year two because year two. next week you will be in your second year. We will. Um, where do you go? What is what is gear two? Um, you know, we, we we talked earlier a little bit about trying to direct yeah. where you go versus holding on to and just not letting right. get out of control. I, Are you at that point where I think it'll I think it'll how get, far ahead do you plan? Uh, how far? Not very far ahead right now. Mostly like two weeks ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Every week is a new one, but it's 
Uh, Clearly, barrels are important. Yep. I, lots, you'll see lots more packaging from us. I think we'll get to a point where you'll probably see... That might not be true. Probably of the 12 months of the next year, you will probably see a release from us. Nine of them, eight of them. Well, you, see, you said numbers, so now we're going to call you out on it if you hit or go way over that. Yeah, I know. So I know, that's my fault. You will see more, you'll see more but packaging. Yeah, you'll see more packaging because, I mean, we've already got bottles. We've already... Things are already in the works for ever I mean everything is everything is coming along nicely especially in the sour room um, that's where that's where a lot of our releases will come canning will continue to happen um, I don't know I, I don't know what is going to be canned um, I've been saying milkshake but we still we still need to figure some things out with it um, but are we going to see raspberry beret in packaging I think that's probably a safe bet it's um i think probably in the spring i'd like to do it in the spring in six packs um 12 ounce can six packs nice. um that's something i would like to do um i think i'd like to do a lot of maybe like we talked about doing this summer as like the summer of sours like do a ton of kettle sours um and we didn't really do it be- time space that kind of thing uh, but i think next summer will be like our summer of sours where we really bust out a bunch of kettle sours with a lot of different fruit and really like really try and and get some different stuff out some different right. beers out there for sure what do you see for cincinnati in the next year when you guys opened you were brewery number Let's see if i can find it real fast 50 no jump my notes here you were oh shit I can't find it now I feel like we were like 30 oh 30 that I, right? I was going to say I thought it was 25 but yeah that's yeah sure 30, 30 I, I actually made that up I can't actually find it <laughs> um, I do know that in the last year since you guys opened, I think there were 15 more breweries. I, I was going to say, I thought it was 14, so this, we're very close. This to year alone, I know we've had 11 so yeah. far, yeah. and that's uh, not the end of it for this year. So, you know, how, does, how has Cincinnati changed? How do you think it will change? How do you find your place in that? A um, bunch of questions just yeah, I mean, wrapped I, into I one. The, I, for Cincinnati, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Cincinnati. I think... Um, I think the neighborhood brewery is going to evolve and a lot of people, that's going to become the focus. I think uh, that's, and this is just my opinion, obviously. I think a lot of people are going to really maybe not contract their, their vision, but maybe view it more as like, I mean, just do what we did. Like meanwhile of the last, how many breweries that have opened, you've got places that are opening with 20 barrel systems. Right. 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 (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I say that I'm, I'm just like not really correct, (laughs) but, but it, yeah, but I mean, like you look at us, we have a 15 barrel system and the vast, 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 vast majority of what we did was in house. So, I mean, we brewed and we brewed once a week, every week for the entire year. So I, I, you can have a large system and still, especially if you are doing, 
if you have your flagships that you're always going to be doing, um, you can have a larger system and still be taproom focused, I would say. Um, Brian. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, like, I, I can, can see. You, can you predict? Where? No, I don't think you can. <laughs> I really don't think you can. Like, I, I, I talk to people. I talk to other people in, in the industry a lot, and I don't think you can predict what's going to happen. I think that there's there's a lot of growth and that's going to happen, but I also think that, like, at some point, it, this will slow down. And I think what it will slow down to is not – less people trying or less dollars I think it'll slow down in the way that like people will open in if, if mean, you're if you're like me and you live in Fairfield you will have you your might, Fairfield you might not drive right. down to Columbia Tuscan exactly to I think and I think that's like it's not going to be a slowing in, in dollars or a, a slowing in people buying it's going to be a slowing in there's not going to be a bunch of New breweries opening it. I didn't. I didn't want more. God damn it! <laughs> I, while I appreciate the beer that my father just gave me, I really am not trying to drink another thirteen percent beer. Um, Happy anniversary! It's yeah, only I know, I know. one o'clock. I know, I, and I will be here until one a.m. So, um, but I think that's I. I think we're gonna we're gonna grow to the point where you look at Denver, you look at Portland, you look at. Um, San Diego, you look at those places and you, they, I have a friend, um, who went to UC Davis for law school and was very, uh, he's, he was in the brewing, right. whatever department out there. Um, and he, he had a, he had a college brewery, like not a college bar, a college brewery where he would go right. every, he had a bottle shop and he had a brewery. I think that's where we're, what we're going to see. Now, like, UC Davis is much more evolved as a, as a beer place, but... But you see us evolving, like, I guess, is the at, best way to put look it. At, like, uh, settling into that yes. kind of a community. Like, look at... Uh, oh, my God. University of Cincinnati. UC, the Bearcats. I know, I know who that is. Like, you'll... I think you'll see that, like, Ryan Geist become, like, almost the UC brewery or like I mean, they're everybody's brewery but like I think like when more breweries open up there because there are going to be more breweries I think you'll see that trend of like the UC kids right. go to that place and right. like the Xavier kids go to Listerman and the whatever that I guess it's the only two places but whatever that's that's what like that's, Miami goes to quarter barrel yeah I think that's <laughs> I think that's what you'll see more of in the future is like more smaller identification of places where Columbia Tusculum's brewery is street side, right. but then there's Linwood has their place and right. East End has their place and like they might be two miles apart, but like really like the people that go there are the people that can walk and drive there. So and it's, I mean I think brings I, up the two questions that I ask everybody. How big is too big? How small is too small? Like how do you find that balance? How do you? How do you like for street side or for, yeah, for the city? No, no, for you guys. For how do you figure out how neighborhood you want to be and how much you want to put into trying to get people from other places to come here? I mean, 
as much as yeah, I live in Fairfield and I can't guarantee that all my neighbors are going to drive down here for right. a beer. Right. If you live downtown or if you live, you know, up the hill, it's not a long drive. You know, yeah. a couple miles down the street, you may have a brewery that's closer. I mean, I think I think one of the things that's going to differentiate places is how the quality of the beer and that's like we think the quality of our beer is high enough that we can grow we can grow we're not trying to take over the world that's we've always said that we're not trying to take over the world uh but i think our our the quality of our beer is high enough that um we're gonna we'll draw people i don't know i don't know what like we're looking at larger fermenters but like there's no there's no definitive plans. Like we're growing the sours, we're growing the. Like I think our growth will take place in the barrel aging, is really where we're gonna. I think like next year you will see a lot of sour releases from Streetside. I think, especially with the amount of barrels that we're adding in like the next month. Like we're getting four barrels delivered tomorrow. Now that that doesn't sound like a lot of barrels, but it's that's over 200 gallons of beer that then goes into bottles that we can schedule a release for and you can see us every month we were at listerman last week and we we talked to them and the number of barrels that they have i don't remember the exact number but you look at it and you look at a brewery that's been around since 2008 2009 it's it's crazy to think that that's where they are, and then you look at Mad Tree or Ryan Guys yeah. to how many barrels they yeah. have, and it gives you the skewed perspective of what's normal right. and what what should be or shouldn't be. And right, well, it's because of because of the barrel aging process. I think not that what Mad Tree has shouldn't be. That's not what I was saying. No, I, yeah. I think I think what with I we're. You'll see our growth in sours. You'll see our growth elsewhere as well. Like you'll see us at more bars. But I like we plan on staying very neighborhood centric, and most of our business is going to be in the tap room. But like lots of that business might be releases that we do from the tap room in in the format of sour bottles or cans or whatever. That's and whatever doesn't get sold here goes out to distribution. That's that's how you see us outside. Um, that's it's been how I've thought about it. It's, I think it's where we're all focused. I think that's that's our best way to do to do what we want to do to get our name out there. To I don't know, and it's also like if the beer ends up like if the beer takes a turn and starts to suck, then <laughs> like we'll see what happens. I guess like I don't know what I don't know what would happen, but like I think I don't know. I think that's where you're going to see us uh, us grow. Like I think you'll see an expansion of sours, an expansion of clean barrels, and you'll see you might see us in package a lot, but still stay on the 15 right. barrel system and still have it's, eight it's, fermenters. Uh, it's like almost in, doubling down on everything you've done in year one. Right. Just yeah. just just doing everything year one. Yeah, like better, a more bigger. A, a much more focused goal of sour releases and, and bourbon barrel age releases and whatever other type of releases. I can't wait. I, I love what you guys are doing and um, everything I've tried today is fantastic. This is it All in the Family is, the family. Called, is yep. amazing at two. So 40 minutes, everybody needs to go Nobody can hear me. I don't know why I'm telling people to go out there and drink because they uh-huh. can't hear me. Well, go it'll out. be on tap soon. This so. guy can hear me. Go outside and, uh, and he didn't even hear me. Yeah, see, see, nobody can hear me. I know. Um, 
So if anybody is listening um, when this posts next week, um, yeah, you probably missed out. How much of this is we have, I, we have 19 sixtals of it, but they're not all ready to go. Yeah. By next week, they might be ready to go, though. But, yeah, uh, the bottles will come out soon. So if you're listening to this, uh, hit them up on social media and say, yeah. where can I get this beer? All in yeah. the family, because I want it. Make sure you message me and really bother me so I, <laughs> I get super right. excited. About bother everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. Um, there's a whole bunch of guest taps out in the parking lot that I'm going to go drink and... Um, yeah. yeah. Thank you. You guys thank you. You guys know yeah. what you're doing and you are you are doing something right. He's doing a couple things right, I think. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> um everybody's listening, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I think you're supposed to follow us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google, all those things that I don't really understand. Uh, rate us on iTunes definitely. I know that's good. Uh, follow us on social media, share all that stuff, tell everybody about the show, and uh, drink street side because yeah, that's the makes the world go round. Yeah, Cincy Brewcast, the boys of Cincy Craft. <laughs>